There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Wednesday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Gil Alexander, Wyatt Tomchek, once again. Boy, Kelly's Wally Pippin this. You could be. The Lou, you know the Wally Pip reference, by yep. the way? Yeah, okay. You could be Lou Gehrig. No, you're off, you're off tomorrow already. Yeah. That's I right. mean, you know, I, I'll be here. Right. You know, we got the big gun racing. First, uh, we first got, street race in NASCAR history. And we got the big gun Brian Ortega coming in to produce this show. That's Kelly right. will be back on Monday. Kelly Bidlin. That's why Tom check in for Kelly Bidlin. Uh, packed show today. Real quick before we do anything, I do have a tennis play that's about to start uh, at the Eastburn International in England. Uh, I do. I am taking a crazy flyer on Harriet Dart at plus 292 is where I got her last night against Yelena Ostapenko uh, plus 292 and the over in games 20 and a half so if you're interested in uh, having a tennis bet while you listen to the show today there you go Dart at plus 292 over 20 and a half games about to start if it hasn't started this very moment so just want to get that out of the way on the show today packed Dan Weston joins us to talk Wimbledon uh, Will Hill will be here to give us all his bets that he's making today, all his baseball thoughts and beyond. Jason Weigarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke on baseball as well and all the wacky things he's betting. And it's football week. The guide, the NFL betting guide, comes out tomorrow. Multiple football guests. Matt Brown will be here to give us a couple division plays, a prop bet, all of his different uh, football plays, including thoughts on the Rocket Mortgage and golf from Matt, of course. We'll get into that with him. Mike Pritchard, what he provided for the guide as well. And Drew Dinsick, who... Uh, I started out football week here on a numbers game talking about alternate season win totals. Drew Dinsick articulates it better than anybody. We'll talk to him about that and some of his bets that he's made for the upcoming NFL season. Uh, we start today with Shohei because I've tried wide. I've tried this year, you know, not to talk about Shohei every day. But what we're seeing from him, I just don't ever want us to take it for granted. I don't want it to be normalized. And last night, Shohei Otani becomes the sixth pitcher with 10 Ks and two homers in a game since the mound moved to its current distance in 1893. Since 1893, Shohei the 6th, Zach Greinke did it once in 2019. Mad Bum, the great, 2017, he did that. He could hit some homers for the Giants, that's for sure. Rick Wise did it in 1971. And who could forget Pedro Ramos doing it in 63 and Mil Pappas doing it in 61? I know you couldn't. So that's, I mean, I could run off on, on some of these, and I will, because, you know, last night he walked and singled in between his two homers as a hitter 
allowed only four hits and two walks as a pitcher, striking out 10, as we mentioned, while shutting the White Sox out through his first six and a third. Uh, he became the f- the sixth player with 10 strikeouts, two home runs, as we mentioned. But there was also so many other things. Uh, the first player since 1900 with 10 strikeouts and three hits in multiple games in a season. He now has five three-hit performances in games when he's the starting pitcher. That joins Warren Spahn in 1958. George Uli in 1923 is the only players to attain that many in a single season. Um, and then last night, I mean, doesn't really do it justice because he had to leave the game pitching-wise because one of his nails was splitting. So everybody's all worried about him. But he's like, no, don't worry about it. I'll hit. He comes back the next inning, 407, gone. So, I mean, it's just the, the flair for the dramatic as well. And the Angels win over the White Sox. Uh, the Angels reaching the midway point of the season. He leads the, the majors in OPS, 1.039, homers 28, RBI 64, 15th in the pitching side among 65 qualified pitchers in ERA at 3.02, third most strikeouts with 127, lowest batting average against 180, 5.7 fan graphs, wins above replacement. I mean, come on. We could, we could spend a whole segment going through this stuff. Seriously, I have like more, but I'm going to stop there because I want to get into the betting aspect of this. I, I was going to ask you, is, is Shohei the most dominant player for you in baseball since your, your favorite of all time, Barry Lamar Bonds? Well, Barry Lamar Bonds is just the greatest hitter who's ever I'll ever lay eyes on in my entire life. But what Shohei's doing, like, we used to compare it to Babe Ruth. This, I mean, this is beyond Babe Ruth at this point, what he's doing. And I just don't want it to be normalized at all. He is now, we woke up this morning, he was minus 700 to win the AL MVP before the game last night. He's as high as minus 1,400 now to win the American League MVP. So there's that. But it does sort of give entree to the conversation about AL Cy Young, and then while we're at it, let's talk NL Cy Young as well, because I think there's some interesting betting angles on this. For, for American League Cy Young, it begs the question, okay, could Shohei be given that too? He's 11-1. to 1. He's the fifth shot at the a- for the AL Cy Young. Is Shane McClanahan's plus 265, Framber Valdez 3-1, to 1, uh, Kevin Gaussman's plus 450, Garrett Cole 6-1, to 1, and then Shohei at 11-1 to 1 at, at uh, DraftKings. But I went through metrics that I really care about. Now, I'm going to get into what I care about and then a, a, ha- a, a metric that actually is the best predictor of Cy Youngs and who wins them over the last six seasons. So let's just talk what I like. So I, I'm an advanced stats guy. What you're seeing on the screen, if you're watching at VEASAN.com or the VEASAN app, this is the, the ERA juxtaposed against the uh, fielding independent and the XFIP for each pitcher, including their expected ERA, their war, their win-loss record, their K percentage, their ball, uh, their, their uh, base on balls percentage, average against, batting average against, and their whip, their whip, wa- uh, walks and hits per innings pitched. So if you look at the five guys at the top of the American League Cy Young betting market, McClanahan, Valdez, Gaussman, Colin Otani, and those categories that I'm interested in, who leads in the most of them? In other words, who leads in the most categories? And the answer is Framber Valdez has the best XVIP at 2.82. He has the best walk percentage at 5.4%, which is nice low. He has the best whip at 1.00. So he leads in three. The other guy who leads in three different categories is, in fact, Shohei. He has a 3.34 expected ERA, so no matter what it is now, he's expected to have the best ERA of this bunch. A 32.6% K rate and 179 against headed into last night in terms of batting average against. So he leads in a lot of categories. They're very Nolan Ryan-esque categories. And so one wonders, is there a bet at 11-1 to on Shohei? I would still argue... 
these are human beings giving out awards. Do they really, he, he's fait accompli to win MVP barring an injury, and please don't get hurt for those who have those uh, MVP bets. Could they also give him the Cy Young if he continues to dominate on the mound as well? There's a path. But in the end, I think they're just human beings that don't want to give him both, don't want to give him both of these. So I wouldn't make the bet, even though I think there's a path in terms of the metrics uh, that I certainly look at. National League, same sort of exercise, but National League will go. It's it's Gallon, uh, Zach Gallon, Clayton Kershaw, Spencer Strider, Brandon, uh, excuse me, Logan Webb. Pardon me. Uh, that would be a story if it was Brandon Webb. Zach Wheeler. And uh, then I'll add a sixth name, and I'll tell you why I'll add the sixth name in a minute. But again, if you go through those categories, ERA, fielding independent, XFIP, uh, XERA, war, win-loss, K percentage, walk percentage, batting average against, and whip, the the pitcher that leads in the most categories, well, it's a little more, um, it's a little more splintered, but it's actually Spencer Strider. And Spencer Strider has a 2.91 XFIP, is a 9-2 win-loss record, and a get ready for this, 38.9% K rate, which is just sick for those of us who have uh, had our nose in baseball stats for so many years. I just, just trust me when I tell you that is beyond elite. Now, some of the other categories like batting average against and whip, he's barely out of first place. He's plus 750. So for all the people who love Gallon, uh, Zach Gallon and, and Clayton Kershaw and Webb and Wheeler and others, I actually think a plus 750 bet on Spencer Strider to me makes a lot of sense in a team that might be clearly the best team in baseball when all is said and done. They certainly look it now. So for me, the recommendation would be Spencer Strider at plus 750 for NL Cy Young. I don't really have a bet on on the AL side. But the one thing I want to add to this discussion is that's great that that's what I think. But there is a gentleman by the name of Tom Tango. Among the stats I just mentioned, he invented fielding independent pitching. So he's one of the the giants of baseball analytics. He has a Cy Young point system. And over the last, I mean, let me just give you sort of real quickly what he has been able to predict Cy Young-wise. In 2015, he got the top five in both leagues in the right order. In 2016, His point system correctly predicted the three finalists in both leagues. In 2017, he correctly got the AL finalists in order. So on and on, and let me just say over the last three, over the last six seasons, so that's a total of 12 Cy Young Awards, AL and NL, he has hit seven out of 12. By a very simple formula, there will not be a test on this later, Wyatt, I promise you. But you know all those fancy metrics that I just talked about? Here's his formula. Innings pitch divided by... This is amazing. Innings pitch divided by two minus earned runs plus strikeouts divided by 10 plus wins. That's it. And that apparently matches voters' opinions on who will eventually get the Cy Young better than anything. Seven out of the last 12. And again, the amazing things that he did in years past in terms of getting everybody in order. And by that system, this year you ask, well, who does he have winning it right at this moment? Well, in the American League, it is the short shot, Shane McClanahan, by his point system. And in the National League, you ready for this? It's none of the guys I mentioned. At 20 to 1 at DraftKings, all these numbers at DraftKings, it's Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs in the National League. He has, by his formula, Marcus Stroman, and those are the stats that I talked about for Stroman on the screen now. Um, You know, when I do mine, which are the ones that Stroman leads in? Well, by the way, 
He has the best ERA, conventional baseball card stat, 2.47 of all the guys mentioned in this National League Cy Young market. He has the best batting average against, 203, and he has the best whip of all those National League contenders at 1.08. So while I think Spencer Strider is my play at plus 750, you may be better off just saying, well, that's great, Gil, but I'm going with Tom Tango and his tried and true system. I'll take a flyer on Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs at 20 to 1. So it's the chalk in the American League, and it is not the guy you would expect per Tom Tango in the National League Cy Young market. We used Shohei to get to that, but hopefully Shohei gets a little more love in the Cy Young market. I just don't think they're going to give him both MVP and Cy Young. It's the cynic in me. I would love if they would, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm going Strider at plus 750. Tom Tango right now would have you go Stroman at 20 to 1 in the National League. Drew Dinsick on the NFL and tennis next numbers game visa the sports betting network a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network it's always football season here at VSIN, which is why we're giving you our 2023 NFL guide early our NFL betting guide will be released tomorrow and it'll help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team including advanced stats proven betting systems and proprietary betting trends plus best bets on season win totals futures and props become a VSIN pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Very exciting. Uh, Looking forward to that betting guide, the release of it tomorrow. Don't get left out on that. And so many contributors will have uh, Mike Pritchard come in next hour and talk about uh, what he discussed in the guide as well. Looking forward to that. Drew Densick, I started the week by saying, you know, listen, we're going to have tons of opinions in the next few months, not only leading up to the guide, but in the guide and then after the guide for the next couple months. But really, the market that you should always keep in mind when betting NFL preflop is alternate season win totals, and nobody has ever articulated uh, the joys and the benefits of NFL alternate season win totals better than this gentleman, Drew Dinsick, who was kind enough to hang with us for another uh, segment. Drew, you came on here in the past, and you really did... You articulated it great because you talked about how you don't think the pricing can be done accurately. Please, in your words, why is it that you love those markets so much? Well, price. (laughs) Uncertainty, price are the two key uh, aspects here. Um, If you have an edge in a neutral, big win total market, you almost certainly have an edge in the alternate total win market because the uh, the long tails to the good and the bad for these teams are almost always mispriced in the alternate win total markets. Now, I will say it's tougher to get a bet down in these than it used to be. That's qualifier. I will say that the pricing is starting to improve, I think, because people are just beating it into place a little bit and or just, you know, taking advantage of the bigger prices in these markets. And so they're changing the shape of them a little bit. Um, but it doesn't really change my opinion that, um, you know, for the most part, uh, the uncertainty around where a team finishes in terms of win total compared to what the closing price is, even if the closing price is relatively efficient, um, you know, the injuries and, you know, players emerging, particularly at the quarterback position can 
produce some absolutely wild and unexpected outcomes that just really realistically can't be captured in sort of the uh, the long tail pricing. I think the the nature of a lot of the betters that'll specifically at a lot of these legal books is to, well, uh, I don't want to get hooked here, so I'll pay the extra vig for a little bit of protection around what I think is some sort of a key win total. And in reality, your headspace should be exactly the opposite, which is if I think this is an edge at eight, then it uh, is even a bigger edge at seven with, uh, you know, a price price like two to one. Um, and so the, ultimately the uncertainty around the win total that closes for any of these teams, um, is plus or minus, uh, one win in either direction, uh, less than 50% of teams finish within one win of their closing win total, which is to say that, uh, there will be at least 14, 16, uh, examples this season, like mm-hmm. every season, like every where, season, right? Where a team expected to finish with eight finishes with four, expected to finish with seven finishes with ten. I mean, you can you don't even really need to think hard uh, to come up with a couple examples from last year where you had teams that were expected to be competitive, like the Colts, who were not even sniffing their win total. That was decided by midseason, uh, and you know, similarly, you know, teams like the Eagles, who you know. Every Everything came together. They were expected to win around, you know, eight, eight and a half on the open. It got bet up aggressively, nine, nine and a half, ten, maybe even at the close. Well, it, they cleared that with ease. Uh, and so, you know, going for a little bit more of a uh, lucrative payout on these, particularly since you're locking up capital that's just going to sit there from now until January, mm-hmm. I think is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wise strategy from a number of different ways you want to attack it. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess if you're like some sort of mega staker and you want, you know, you're locking up, you know, multiple K on a win total for an entire season, then this is not a practical strategy just because you can't really get that type of bet down very easily. Uh, in the alternate win total market. But if you're a recreational player, recreational plus type of player, then this should be the entire thesis you should be working with as you're trying to cook your, uh, you know, your books for, uh, you know, for a season long, um, you know, expectation. They're not available everywhere yet. Have you made any alternate season win total bets yet this year? No, uh, I can't get down anywhere yet. Um, I'm assuming Circa is going to come up here. I, I, I basically have early, early August type of uh, trip plan to go sign up for contests and get alt win totals in at Circa. Um, they offered them last year. I'm assuming they're going to do it again this year. Um, but uh, I have eyes for a couple, uh, certainly. Um, and actually, you know, if you're, if you, if, if you really want to get wild, uh, the, the real name of the game was going for highest, lowest wins last year. Um, that was a ton of fun. Care to, sh- uh, care to share your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a pretty obvious lowest win look in the 10 to one range, which is pretty amazing. And it's the LA Rams two years removed from the Super Bowl. This team, if you, if you just basically compose player level ratings for who they will be starting, this is going to be one of the worst defenses we've seen take the field in like five years. Um, They have Aaron, they have two players on the defensive roster who are above replacement level. Aaron Donald, who is clearly above replacement level and Ernest Jones, I think his name is, who is barely above replacement level. Everybody else is wow. either those everybody two, that's else. It. Wow. Everybody else taking the field for this team is either below replacement level or just a complete unknown because there is a lot 
uh, of expected sorting during, um, you know, during training camp where you're going to have potentially several uh, undrafted free agent type of quality players on the field for this defense to start week one. Uh, the offense similarly has taken some attrition here. Um, presumably a lot of people are kind of looking at the Rams like they have high upside because they're going to be healthier this year than they were last year. I, I got to tell you, even at full strength for a full season, this offense is really, really lacking. And the chances that Stafford, you know, ultimately gets shut down this season, I think are very real, particularly if they're losing lots of football games early. Um, similarly for Cooper cup, he may be a trade piece. Honestly, if this is turns into a full on rebuild, uh, I don't think he is guaranteed to finish the season with the Rams. I don't think Aaron Donald is guaranteed to finish the season with the Rams. If Jalen Ramsey is a movable piece, so are these other guys. Um, and I think realistically the Rams as your, your team with the most losses definitely stands out. Um, Cardinals are definitely in the mix as well. Now we've made two NFC West teams that are the, my bottom two power ranked teams right now, based on player, you know, personnel as it currently stands. And, uh, you know, the Ram the Cardinals will at least get Kyler Murray back at some point. Uh, they have slightly more talent on the defensive side of the ball than the Rams. So maybe, uh, they win those head to heads and they are, you know, just fi finished just barely ahead. But, um, you know, I think, uh, realistically those two teams fighting for the number one pick next year, looks like the, uh, uh, looks like the way that the cards are breaking, uh, the way I rate these teams. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, boy, I'll tell you the difference a couple years makes between Amazing. Know, the NFC West then and the NFC West now. And I even said with Stafford. You know, I'm I'm surprised in some respects that he's not retired already. Uh, he's done it all, right? He's a borderline Hall of Famer who won his Super Bowl, uh, had a great career despite being on horrible teams in Detroit. What more is there to play for? And if it does go, you know, the wrong way, if it goes sideways, yeah, I could see uh, them shutting that down. What, what about the opposite? Did you allude to best record? Uh, best record, I think. I'm cooling my jets a lot, actually, on a couple of teams as I'm so just for full transparency, my process was pretty slow to start as NBA playoffs were cooking and, you know, clay tennis was, was firing, uh, through the months of April and May. Um, and I was just kind of looking at macro stuff and, you know, on paper, the opportunity for the Jags to play a bunch of rookie quarterbacks was exciting. Uh, so I have a bunch of Jags futures, but my player level numbers for the Jags are not what I expected. Uh, not as good as you thought, not as good as I thought, <laughs> not yeah. as good as I thought. Um, there's some issues and some weaknesses and ultimately for them to surprise to the good, they're going to have to, um, you're going to have to have a major leap from Lawrence, which is possible. I think that's, you know, year three, year two under Doug Peterson, like there, the, the writing is on the wall that he should leap. Um, but it still is a, a, a bit of a, um, uh, it's still a bit of a reach. Uh, the team that I'm like genuinely surprised at high, how high my player rating is. And that I'm the most, I guess there's two teams that I'm the most over market in terms of like a, uh, a team rating. That's a composite of players and expected availability. Um, one of them that does not have a chance to be the team with the most wins is the Houston Texans, but I like them for all over consideration. Um, that defense is actually kind of quietly very, very good. Uh, and on top, you know, combined with the upgrading coaching, I think you might actually have like above 500 team in Houston this year. 
um, even though they made some horrific decisions at the draft. Uh, but the team that kind of especially surprises me at the player level rating is the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, actually. Ooh. I like them 40, 40 to 1 for most wins. 40 to 1 for most wins and alt over consideration as well, I would imagine. Absolutely. Houston and Pittsburgh. Drew, give us the Tour de France name one last time. Jonas Vingago. Wyatt, uh, cross-check that with the last segment. See if he got the same name. <laughs> Let's make sure. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. We'll talk Friday. Hey, best luck, guys. My man, Drew Dinsick, everybody. Coming back, Dan Weston on Wimbledon. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message, inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. And once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. Good, bad, funny. Always, uh, always encouraged. Nevada Azer. Hope Tom's prediction, talk about Tom Tango now. Hope Tom's prediction holds through about Stroman. I have Marcus Stroman for America, uh, excuse me, for National League Cy Young at 150 to 1 pre-flop. Fire emoji. Once you put the fire emoji in, you know it's serious. That is a heck of a number. And again, for those who missed the first segment, was going through Tom Tango's sort of tried and true formula uh, for Cy Young, where again, last 12, last six years, meaning 12 different Cy Youngs, AL and NL. He's hit seven of the 12 on the money. Uh, New Jersey, New York. I agree regarding Shohei, Cy Young, and MVP prospects. Baseball writers have changed how they view things, but not that heavily, at least not yet. Also on Strider, still could be residual remorse. So this is a great point. Still could be residual remorse from voters on the NL Rookie of the Year vote from last year. Can I get that formula again? It's a couple of things in there. One, yes, because he did not get Rookie of the Year. I failed to mention this. I meant to in the first segment. One of the other things that makes me want to back Strider as well as this point. They gave it to Michael Harris, his teammate, last year. It could have gone to Strider. There could be some sentiment among voters. Well, we kind of, you know, he got snubbed last year. Or even if it's not a snubbing, he didn't get it last year in terms of the rookie of the year. I should be even more inclined. Those people might have a sort of sentimental vote here if all things, all other things are equal. They're like, let's give this to Strider. Can I get the formula again? <laughs> I don't know if you're being serious, but I'll give it to you. The formula from Tom Tango is, for his Cy Young points, innings pitch divided by two minus earned runs, plus strikeouts divided by 10 plus wins. That's it. All those stats I talked about in the first uh, segment of the show, you don't care. Banshees of Atlantic City. Have we considered what happens to the AL MVP market if Shohei gets traded to the National League? That's another great point. With the Angels creeping into contention, is that still on the table? That would be the other way that Shohei would not win American League MVP. So injury would be the obvious way. The only other way would be some trade to the National League because, yes, in Major League Baseball, your stats restart at that point in the opposite league. Uh, Jesse Welch, Gil, I yelled, okay. I just burst out with that when you said Tango had Strowman winning the Cy Young, reverberated through my business. That'd be outstanding. LOL, I guess he has a uh, Strowman vote. And this is from Paul M on hockey. Don't know if you covered yesterday regarding the NHL awards. Connor McDavid won the heart by a landslide and would have won unanimously, unanimously but for one voter. The big joke is the Pittsburgh right uh, voted him fifth 
Does this not speak volumes again that some should not vote? It absolutely does. Had Connor McDavid a fifth. Whew. Let's talk some tennis. Dan Weston joins us. Uh, I don't know if Dano will be able to join us for the uh, Beating the Book Wimbledon pod on Friday, so we wanted to sneak Dano in here for five good minutes on Wimbledon. He joins us from Tennis Ratings on Twitter and, of course, Betfair, all the other publications, Pinnacle Sports that he uh, provides great tennis data for and great tennis insights. How you doing, Dano? I am good, Gil. How are you? It's great to see you. You're going to be here next week? Yes, maybe? I'm hoping so, yeah. Well, let's see. Okay, maybe we'll have some in-studio during Wimbledon uh, segments if you're here. Look forward to that. You never know. You never you never know. We'll see if he's here. All right, so here we are. The draw is on Friday, so we don't have the quarters yet. Uh, the men's side, just generally speaking, the men's side is very chalky. Novak Djokovic, the rightful favorite at minus 140, and only Carlos Alcaraz is in single digits to win outright. Women's side, much more up for grabs. Where do you stand on the ladder? Let's put it that way. Pre-draw. Okay, so yeah, let's go. Let's go, women's to start with. Um, I think that this is a great leveler in terms of the grass surface. Iga is certainly not as dominant on on grass as she is on clay and and also hard court. You would say as well. Um, so so this is pr- promising to be a really really competitive tournament where I think you're probably looking at mm, ten to twelve. Uh, players who are capable of, of winning this tournament. I had a, a chat with uh, our good friend Drew yesterday, and uh, he he sort of had the same consensus, around 10 to 12 realistic contenders, I think, for this women's title. Give us some names, because we've thrown out some. Some I'll give you some of the ones that, you know, I'm looking at my grass numbers. Petra Kvitova has just outstanding historical grass numbers. She's won this tournament twice. Veronica Kudermatova, yep. Yelena Ostapenko, Anjabur. Would those be four of the 12? Yeah, not not far off at all, Gil. Um, so uh, you're looking at um, Kvitova. She's one of the form horses coming into this tournament. Obviously, she's been so effective on grass throughout her career, as you, as you mentioned. And she won Berlin without dropping a set. So she's had a lot of market support. And Ostapenko, likewise, uh, doing very well in Birmingham, picking up a title. And again, has that grass, course, grass court pedigree and uh, sort of medium-term decent data. Particularly on return, we always know with Ostapenko, her her serve can sometimes be her undoing. But but I think she's got a much better chance than a lot of those uh, similar or slightly shorter prices as well. Uh, Angebur, definitely. I think the the... If it wasn't for you know perhaps some doubts that that uh, she maybe struggles at the pressure moments of tournaments, I think that she would be much closer in price to to Rabakina and Sabalenka, and I also like the chances of Ekaterina Alexandrova, who is another player in great form right now uh, and a very much a quick surface specialist, which should suit her down to the ground in England. It's been been generally pretty warm and dry here in England over the last month or so. Uh, and uh, I think the conditions should be fairly, fairly well, definitely not slow, I would say. And uh, she's obviously done very well in the warm-up events as well. Semi-final Berlin and one in uh, her Toschenbosch as well. Uh, and again, very strong grass court player traditionally. So those are some other options. I mean, with, with the likes of Alexandrova, you're looking at, um, on Betfair at least, about 65 right now on her. Uh, Ostapenko, 32, which is, I think, a touch bigger than on your screen. And... Uh, Kudamatova, you can also get at 60s as well, Kill. And the draw will be key here because you'll be looking to make some quarter bets, I would imagine, based on how that shakes out. Would it shock you yeah. 
if Iga made a run here? No, not at all. I mean, she's favourite, but I just I just don't see enough evidence of her I agree. being yeah. the top grass quarter in the field to to be a shorter price than this. Uh, you, we always have to respect her. We know what she's done on all the other surfaces, which she's utterly dominant over the opposition. And I think that's a significant weighting of this current price on her uh, favourite right now. As you say, about plus, plus 380 uh, for Eager right now, which is the same as Betfair. And I think the the... We're just having, we're just respecting her because she's world number one. She's got a lot to prove. Similar to Alcaraz, probably in the men's, actually. Yeah, well, let's go to the men. By the way, Wimbledon begins uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, stateside time. So uh, it's a very quick grass uh, season, and so we're, we're from one major to the next in a span of just several weeks. If it's if it's not Novak, if it's not Carlitos. Who are some of them, when the draw comes out Friday, who are others that you would be looking at, perhaps, if it shakes out in their favor, to make a quarter play on? Let's put it that way. Right. So the draw is going to be early in the morning, UK time, Friday. I think it's either 9 or 10 a.m., uh, which is about 1 hour, 2 a.m. in, in, in uh, Vegas time. Uh, obviously, we know that Djokovic is, is imperious at Wimbledon. He's won seven titles, four in a row. Uh, never seems to bother with his warm-up events, but but comes out smelling of roses eventually as well. Um, we're looking at some names. I'm looking at potentially the draw opening up for them and winning quarters would be likely, a uh, likely avenue. Um, Andre Rublev, who's looks really big at about 120 on Betfair right now as a sort of a trade, maybe. Uh, Alex de Menor, very strong grass quarter. Gave Alcaraz a fantastic match in the Queen's final last week, where both of them had just the same amount of breakpoint chances, two two apiece. He's 85 on Betfair. Uh, Sebastian Corder from from the USA, uh, looking like a very very promising player, and continues to impress me when whenever I see him. Um, he's at 60s. Uh, and Francis Tiafo, another American who's who's, who's won a won a warm up event, 95. And then can you really rule out Daniel Medvedev, who's so good normally in these quicker conditions, but is on a real bad run of form right now? Um, yeah, so he, he he would be my sort of flyer in, as opposed to Alcaraz, I think. Okay, interesting. I'm with you on Dimonor. Interesting you named a couple Americans, but not Taylor Fritz among them. Well, he's had a really bad run-up to this no. tournament, hasn't he? Lost again today to McDonald's, and no. uh, he's 2-3 in these warm-up events that traditionally he does really well in. Sasha Zverev, no love for Sasha? Uh, For me, I think he's still far far away uh, below his peak. Okay. Dan, hope you're here next week. We look forward to it. If not, safe travels wherever you're headed. Thanks, Gil. See you soon. Dan West and everybody at Tennis Ratings on Twitter. Uh, You can follow his work at Betfair. Also, of course, at Pinnacle, one of the global experts in uh, tennis analytics. And also, by the way, in cricket analytics as well. We already did the Tour de France today. We're not going to do cricket as well. Mike Pritchard on the NFL, what he provided for our betting guide next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at calshi.com. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.